Be following Willie more and more. Aurora! in the NRL. There's Willie Mack. Must have gotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Wow. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you! Welcome to episode number 17 of the Take with Willie and Ian. I've got the t-shirt on. I'm by myself at the table. This is all this is all very strange, William. You're up in Brisbane. How are you, mate? It's very strange. I don't think you understand. If people had to watch me try to get this Zoom thing organised, I had Rennie, Rennie Matua, Willie Tonga, and another mate, Simon Bow, all here trying to do it. I had no idea. Otherwise, there would be no show. Um, it's very weird. Obviously, it's it's the society we live in right now. COVID, all this kind of stuff. So you had to do a mercy I, dash up there uh, last night because there was obviously lots of rumours about things getting shut down. So you had to get up there. You got a lot of stuff on yeah. with Deadly Choices and New South Wales Rugby League. So you had to make a mercy dash, mate. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I heard, like you know, I heard some people from Channel Nine and people up here from Deadly Choices. They'll panicking a little bit, you know, because there wouldn't have been any representation from from the New South Wales people. And uh, obviously they've been they've been marketing it and saying that I was going to come up and all that kind of stuff. So I went, you know what? I'll just go. I'll go last night. I just got on. The, on I got on the last flight, and it was it was okay to get in. Then Rennie and that all come this morning, and they were under the pump because you know like all the rules changed and all that kind of stuff. So I got up. I slid in pretty good. I did the, I did my declaration, all my due diligence. So I was allowed to come up there. I'm not in the Waverley hotspot. I live in Ramwick Council, so I was allowed up. But now the Ramwick Council is the it's hotspot part of as well. It, yeah. so, you know, I was lucky to come up. Rennie got a he got quizzed a fair bit at, uh, at the airport. You know, Joey can't come up to uh, to Origin, so there's a lot of people left behind in New South Wales. So I did make that choice, and I'm glad I did because you know, like it's it's, it's a big week up here for for the, for the game. But you know, especially with deadly choices, you know, we come up here and we're out we're out in the streets and down at the West End, and there's a lot of you know homeless Indigenous people there. And we went out there and we're talking to them and educating, and you know, just 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 having just having a good old chat just to these to, to the guys, and they really loved it. Photos and you know, they just a lot of guys do some really good things up here. You know, like shout out to Nathan Apo, Willie Tonga, uh, Bo Dela Cruz, all these all these guys. They do some great things up here. There's a lot of guys like putting, you know, um, yeah. There's you know the. The, when you're in jail, you know what I mean? Like how hard it is to, to acclimate to, into society. Like guys doing that with young Indigenous kids, older Indigenous people. They do some facets, just fabulous things, mate. It's, it's awesome being up here. It's very rewarding. So, you know, I'm up here for the first, you know, some from here to Friday or here to Saturday for Deadly Choices. And obviously with the Origin stuff, I'll be back with uh, doing some corporate stuff and um, watching the game and then doing some more Deadly Choices stuff on Monday, so I'm here for a little bit, but I'll be I'll be working a fair bit. Yeah, it's great. It's actually really good. And now that you've got a fax machine over there and over your left shoulder, if you need to send any faxes or you uh, need a fax, you I do. Fax I'd like you to fax me the run the sheet. Thing, technology wise, that's probably the only thing I might be able to work. Why is there a bookshelf with no books in it? Because that's how I roll. Is that audio? Book. I, I audio have books. audio books. I'm audio books. Mate, the other thing that we should mention is that last week uh, the Mark Hughes Foundation raised $4.5 bucks on beanies round. They sold 160,000 beanies, which is fantastic. It's a, such a good cause. Um, 
you did the walk obviously with with a few other with a lot of other people and you took a wonderful instagram photos where you're staring off into this it was nice it was artistic just See, i don't I know what you were looking at photo. it was quite it, like i was all it was quite weird when we finished the walk it was such a beautiful walk i mean it was from more part from nrl headquarters and we walked all the way and i, I and we've been i've lived living in sydney for like 25 years and i've never walked that like through um uh, Woolloomooloo and around the botanical gardens and all that kind of stuff. What a beautiful walk. And then it come around the other side of the opera house. I've and never walked it sober. And sober as well. And I had a good chat with Joey and Wendell. There was some good characters along there, some players that I played with. Mark Hughes has done such a great thing. But it was great. But that photo was taken professionally because he, this was right at the end and I was just walking past there. And he goes, oh, Willie, do you mind if I take a photo? I'm like, oh, I was... Yeah, all right. So I just sat there and he just took a couple and he posted. I didn't think I was going to get that photo, but it was actually an all right photo, so I thought I'd post it. No, it looks good. You look good. Yeah. Mick yeah, Neal. All right. Hello, Mick uh, all right, so we're going to go to Origin later. We're going to do a full Origin preview later in the show. Um, what we will do, and obviously... what they do up here. They sell young Henrys. Huh. How good. It's the best beer of all. It really is. Uh, I think last week... Melbourne and, and Penrith pretty much proved that they are streets ahead of everyone else. There's a young Henry's opening. Yeah, there it what is. What do you got, the Newtowner? Yeah, the Newtowner. It was the only box they had. I've got the IPA here. And I got it. Henry's about to get me another one. Uh, so Me- Melbourne and Penrith are so far ahead of everybody else. It's just – I know that those games in between – Origin don't necessarily show there's you know there's people rested, but everyone was back that week. Melbourne absolutely put a clinic on against the Tigers. Penrith beat a very very good Sydney Roosters side. I, I don't know is do, do we stop the fight now? It's just Melbourne and Penrith. It, it feels like that, you know. Um, look at Penrith like Roosters got off to an outstanding start, and I watched every single game on the weekend, which was great. So I can I, I know what I can actually talk about every single game. Some games I miss because I'm doing, I'm busy and doing things here and there. But you know, I watched every single game in Penrith. I just leaps and bounds above everyone. Yeah, and so are Melbourne. Like the Roosters got off to such a great start, and they didn't panic. They didn't do anything. They just stuck to what they were doing. They were confident in their system, confident in their players, and they just, just they didn't stop. They were relentless. You know, they just they weathered the storm. They defended good. They scored a couple of good tries. You know that that try from Dummy Half was. They would have been filthy at that, especially their middles, Fisher-Harris and the other big boy, you know, they, they would have been ropeable. And then they just come out and then just put a clinic on them. You know, it was outstanding. Fisher-Harris, like, he's just outstanding, that kid. He what do you reckon up. about that Takiaho? I mean, there was a I, – I, I can understand what, um, what Trent Robinson was saying. He was blowing up after the game and saying, where's he supposed to go? And I get it. And I guess the thing that I don't understand, if you look at it, post-match. So if he goes to the judiciary and they they don't even find the bloke, you know what I mean? So he's had 10 minutes in the bin. That changed the momentum of the game. And then all of a sudden there's no penalty on it, which means people after the event think, oh, it's not that bad. So I don't know. Let's go way back to when it was 12 nil. They kick off and that mistake by Joseph Marner changed the game because that coincided with them defending their line for two sets and then Takayaho doing that to clear it. And this is what I found out from inside mail from the refs. Not going to name names. Anyway, so when they go and have these little meetings, all it is is about the defensive play. So if defensive player hits you in the head, 
and you're slipping, regardless if you're slipping, if you get hit in the head, it's still 10 minutes in the bin. Like they don't take into, into fact like you've slipped and Takeo, it's a, it's a collision sport first of all. So he's already set himself in that tackle and then he like, and then Cleary slips. So they don't even worry about where Cleary slips. They just worry about the person getting hit in the head. And I think that's wrong from the ref. So they already have that in their mind. Don't worry about Cleary if he's slipping or not. And 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 all these other things. We saw it from the games before when those two guys got sent off for 10. That was slipping. And these guys are, are, are still at their normal height. And they hit them around the head. They've got to take into fact that people are slipping. And these guys are still holding their ground. Like, they need to take into fact. And they need to sit down, sit down next week and go, let's just have a look about... They just worry about the defenders, not the off, not the offense. So they need to put, they need to take into account everything, not just the defenders. And I think that sucks because they have that one track mind when they go out there, Burner. Yeah, and that's true. Silly. And I found that out today, and I was like, I can't believe they do that. I, honestly can't. I reckon the the big thing for me is that if they've got a week off now, there's no NRL. There's there's the two Origin games, the the, the, yeah. the women's Origin and the men's Origin. They've got a week to sit down and. Try and get something together and, and present it because I think, you know, people are getting the shits with it. But anyway, now, one other thing that, oh, I don't know, the Broncos... Let's go to Melbourne. Sorry, let's go to Melbourne, the clinic that they put on those blokes. That was embarrassing. That was like men versus boys. You know what I mean? Everybody has the same plays. And I just couldn't understand how, like, the Tigers just couldn't stop the bleeding. They were, no. in, the game, they were in the game for five minutes. And that wasn't the first five minutes. It was maybe five minutes like towards half time. They were just got absolutely flogged. You're talking about grown ass men, professional players, and they dish out that. If you're mad, you'd be pulling your hair out, mate. Did you see his little did you see his like half time speech where he did the the storm out? Like every coach has got, you know, I've always said you get three blow ups a year that people listen to and maybe one storm out. So he's used his storm out where he walks out of the dressing room as if to say yeah. You, you know, you've got yourself into it, get yourselves out of it. And then he dished up a worse second half than the first half. So, I don't know. It's hard to know what's going on at that joint. Oh, mate, it'd be doing my head in. I mean, they're, they're a good team. They were never expected to beat, you know, to beat Melbourne. But compete, yeah, 66 points. Come on, man. You know, these guys are first graders. This is, it looks like it's a reserve grade team against a first grade team. Did Penrith not want James Townmouth? Because he's going, this is the worst signing Ever in the I've gone from the red hot premiership favourites to they, they wanted him, but he wanted three years or two years. They wanted to sign him on a one year deal. I heard, but he wanted two or three. So I think he got a really good deal from the Tigers. He's he's cashing in. He wants three years at the Tigers, does he? That's uh, yeah. but I don't think he thought, I don't think he honestly thought in his heart of hearts that they were going to be that bad. Yeah, well, you couldn't think you're that bad. They're still going to still going to finish seventh. He's at the back end of his back end of his career, you know. He's, he's he got some really good coin. He got some good coin going to Penrith anyway. He was a great player back then, but he's just he's he's probably just doing his head in because he's been come, he's come from the Cowboys' success and then to um to, to the Panthers, the Panthers, and then the Tigers. Mate, it's terrible. Yeah, it's a good way to finish. Uh, coming yeah. seventh. So the Broncos as well. So the Broncos are an interesting case because normally the Broncos we've talked about it before about how it used to be a powerhouse. The big bit of news, I think, coming out at the moment is that the players are apparently already trying to white out Kevin Walters and Gordon Tallis has come out and said he knows who's doing it and if they keep doing it, he's going to start outing players. Um, they've had Matt Lodge sign, not sign, come, not come. He, you know, he's not wanted. 
it's it is a bit of a basket case at the moment, and I don't know. Kevin Walters, the jury's out. I think a little bit on whether he is a genuine first grade coach. Um, I think that the thing that I'm surprised with is he was always considered to be a people's coach. Like he's a players' coach. The players love him. If the players are blowing up, you know, sixteen rounds in. That doesn't bode well for his future at that club, does it? No. He's never been a first-grade coach. He's been a great assistant coach. You know, he's been, he was assistant coaches when Wayne Bennett was uh, coach of Australia when I was there. You know, he's, he was, he was the, um, one of the assistant coaches when I was at Newcastle. Great assistant coach. Great person to have around the club. He's always joking around. He's very lighthearted. He can make a serious, you know, a serious Wayne Bennett laugh. Do you know what I mean? He's, a, he's, he's got that sort of aura. I never thought that he wanted that that main head job from um, from the Broncos. Do you know what I mean? I, did, I didn't think he wanted that. You didn't. He wanted that. <laughs> he just wanted to coach. He, he, he just wanted like, to coach. He, <laughs> <laughs> what he does in his personal life's nothing to yeah, do with. I'm us. not sure if he wanted the head job from uh, from the Broncos. But I, look, he got it. I, he got I, it. And what what I don't understand, Will, is I, I look at Kevin Walters and he comes across like a very. Um, you know, likable, joking sort of bloke. And yet the reports are saying, and these are just reports and, you know, half the time they're not true. But I think with the Broncos, it seems like it's leaky ship style, sort of every news comes out. And they're saying that he's hard to approach and they don't understand how to get on with him. So I don't know. It's, 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 that joint is just cooked. He's probably got that aura because he was so successful at Brisbane and he... He created that culture with Alfie and, you know, like the Gordon Talises and Steve Renoffs and, uh, you know, like that whole era, the Petros and, you know, like he, you know, he captained the 2000 grand final. Yeah. So he loves that club. He dies for that club. And he just expects what, what he did as a player for these young kids to do it. And he's not seeing it. He's a highly emotional person, Kevin Wallace. Very emotional. And when you get emotional, you don't say the right things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the stories that I've heard, what's happening after games, post thing, you know, it's getting personal with players. And he's not talking to guys that are, you know, a, a, a steal. You know what I mean? Like they're steeled and they're really resilient. He's talking to a bunch of kids. Yeah. You know, and they're, not, they're probably not taking it the right way because they probably never had a person who was as passionate and as an emotional as Kevin. You saw it. You've seen him after the games, throwing the jersey, Doing all these kind of things, and I know what Kevin's like. He's very emotional, mate. I've seen the guy; he's 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 cried before games. He's very emotional. You know what I mean? This is as an assistant coach, or him talking, and you know, he's, he's handed jerseys out before tests, and it gets really emotional. Imagine him as a head coach. Mm. Yeah, and that's what's that's what's happening. And I think these these guys don't know how to take. It's hard to maintain that sort of intensity for a twenty five rounds intense, as well. He's a, very, he's a very cruisy character. I love Kevin. I love Kevin. If I see Kevin down the street, I'll give him a hug. That's the sort of relationship we've got. Got a lot of respect for him. He respects me. But I think these other guys, these younger kids, they don't get it. They just don't get it. They don't get it what it's like to represent the Broncos. The Broncos are the pinnacle, Nelly, of the club. Other than the Melbournes and the Roosters, Broncos are probably the third most successful club in the last 20 years. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They make the top eight. They make the top four. They're used to that. So it's probably embarrassing for him Everybody's got pride, and he's, as I said, very emotional person, and he probably, as I said, when you're emotional, you don't say the right things. Well, what he is doing with 
with uh, Pangai and Matt Lodge and that type of thing is he is clearing out all of his big boys, will he? And... Uh, Willie's big boy. Why? Am I doing the big boys right now? Because I didn't hear the music. You didn't hear the music? You just started talking over the top of it. But that's all right. Please start from now. Willie's big boys. Bang. All right. You're on. Let's go. Number one, one vote, one vote, all right, because our producer gets confused all the time. He's a confused human being. You know what I mean? He's very confused. Um, Keon Kalomatangi, he's just been a beast. Absolute beast, mate. He, and, and I look, as I said, I'd say it every week, it's what he does, it's quality runs. He's making about 160 metres off the edge. These other guys, the front rowers and stuff like that, they're taking kickoffs, they're doing dropouts, so you're probably getting about 80, 90 metres easily, and then you're probably making yards in the middle. Dudes on the edge making about 160 metres off 14 hit-ups. 30-plus tackles, 80 minutes a game. That is outstanding. So two, two points. He was close to number one. But James Fisher-Harris again, just outstanding. You know what I mean? Like he's just – and it's the quality of runs. When he, when he turns it on, he's the best forward in the world. He's the best forward in the world at the moment, hands down, because it's the quality of work that he does. And when he, when, he, when he wants to go and turn it on, they follow. His defense is outstanding. He's about a 95% effective tackler. It's unbelievable. He's doing about he, – he touches the ball probably about 20 – you know, 20, 20 to 25 times, he's got a pass in him, but he probably does about 18 to 20 hit-ups, 200 metres easily, hands down. And my number one is big Nella Paseca from Manly. That young kid's going to play for Australia one day. He will. He's realised, and I've me- I message this young kid all the time. I always talk to these young kids because I always try and give them a couple of little tips, trying to work on their game and keep evolving with the game and adding little bits all the time. And this young kid listens. You know, like, on the weekend, I think he made clean, about two clean line breaks from kickoffs, run through, like, back rows, like David Fafita and stuff like that, straight through. It's just outstanding what he's doing. I think he nearly made 200 metres. His tackle efficiency is playing about 60 minutes in the middle. He did his apprenticeship off the bench. So I want to talk about this kid a lot. He's been, he played off the bench for about two years. Des has done a great job with him. He's about six foot four, six foot three, six foot four hundred. He's a big unit. Ripped, yeah, quick, good footwork, smart brain. And I messaged him the other day. I said, This is what you've got to keep working on. Try and evolve with the game. A little bit of a pre line pass, get that block shape, keep working on your defense, like offload in traffic, all that kind of stuff. And he keeps evolving. You know what I mean? Like, he's because he's such a raw talent and such a great ball runner, you know, but you need to keep, you need to keep adding on your game. Everybody can run hard, be a little bit of footwork. Pre-line pass, then you don't get those three-on-ones, three on, three on ones, you get the one-on-ones, you know. So he keeps evolving with the game and he, and he listens all the time. He appreciates what I say to him. Great kid, wants to learn, big future. Like he's, he'll be pushing for origin next year. Good rap. He's, young, he's a young Tongan kid as well. So he's got my three points and he's going to be an outstanding player and a great kid. That's a big rap. That's good. Yeah, I, wish. Mate, I watch him play all the time. He's just like, watch, you, you, a lot of people start watching him right now because of what he did on the weekend. He, was, he destroyed that team. Mate, I remember what he came through last year, and he was such a massive human being. And he yeah, was just, you just thought, now he's worked out he, how big he is. When I, when I was younger, 
you sort of you have those about you know 10, 11. It happened to me a lot earlier because I realised I was six foot five and one hundred and fifteen kilos with skill. That can that's fit all those all those ticked boxes, and you just but I kept working on you. I kept working on my game, a passing game, an offload game. All those things come natural to me, but to put it onto the field is a different. It's different. Yeah. You know, you can do all these things at training. That's where it starts. But when you put it on the field, start implementing everything that you do at training, then it gets on the field, and that's what he's doing now. Well, a reminder to everyone: the leaderboard now is James Fisher Harris is he's skipped away to a thirteen. He's on thirteen points. He's three points ahead of Junior Paulo, and Payne Haas on nine points. The winner of this magnificent, prestigious award will receive a heap of Young Henry's piss. Uh, and also Bondi Tony's, the greatest burger in probably the world. I think probably you could easily say the world in with that. Southern Hemisphere, all the world, yeah. All the world. They will receive uh, burgers every week. They'll get booze every week. It will be a wonderful moment in their career, whoever wins this. You know, it was great. You know, it was great. When we, I, I, said, I, um, I posted that one where what they're going to win, and guess who, guess who liked it and like, messaged me back? All the big boys. Did they? All the big boys. So yeah, they know they're on it. We're going to do, we have to do like a special, like just a one on just a one video with me and you. Just we'll talk next week and we'll really explain what they're going to win because once once we, we posted it out there, because we haven't done anything, we've just been doing this by ourselves. So we'll get it out next week. Yeah. And I think these guys, they'll, they'll jump on. They'll we'll jump some, on. We'll get some shirts made up. They're going to, I, think, I think these guys are really jumped. Spoke to Junior Paulo and Fisher Harris. These guys, mate, they want to win it. It's a very prestigious award. It's the first well, one we've ever done. It's not about just being a bit. I don't, I'm not like I'm not like the Daily Telegraph who just does daily endpoints. I look at the game. I study the game, and I played in the middle, so yeah. I understand the game. And a reminder to all of these winners: I'm happy to pick up your award for you. I think we'll. I think we'll go out there and drive them in, but then we'll drop them at um, Penrith. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, because you're up in the far north, uh, we had to pre-record our segment with the big fella Harry with bettingsite.com.au. So I am going to cross across to Ian now. Ian, take it away. Thanks very much, Ian. You're doing a wonderful job in very difficult circumstances carrying the other bloke on this show. We are joined now by the one, the only, the great Harold. Mate, you've come off a massive win here. We're back in the winner's circle and it's all thanks to you. I don't know what to tell you, Ian. I really don't know what to tell you. I don't know. That was like shelling peas, that one. I never felt in doubt at any stage. Even at 24 to 8 down in the last leg on Sunday afternoon, I felt good. I thought, yeah, we're getting home. $9.39 returns. So that's a good little boost to the kitty. So that takes us over three grand now in total, which is, you know, we're really starting to eat away at this now. So Yeah, we're rolling, absolutely. We are rolling. I, I know that you are a Knights fan. And I know they cost you. we mate, could have both got up 0. 0.5, 0. 0.5, <laughs> because oh. Jake Clifford moves from North Queensland and gets hypothermia and cannot kick goals. All of a sudden, what does it do? It ruins my bet. Yeah, just don't DM him. Willie will be into you. <laughs> do you know what? Anyone who does that, I don't get it. Like I was filthy. Oh, it's unbelievable. I was filthy. But anyone who DMs anyone about a bet, like just be aware of your own self. Failings. That's what I do. I just yeah, absolutely blame myself for everything that goes wrong 100%. in my life. Now this week is an interesting one because 
It's only origin this week. I didn't actually know that until today when I do my deep research for this show, that there is only the origin game. That's the only game. There's no club games. Yeah, we've got Women's State of Origin Friday night. Uh, then Sunday night we've got uh, the men's up at Suncorp. So uh, we're, we've got a very uh, origin-based bet on these ones, thanks to bettingsite.com.au. I'll start us off. Uh, I was confident last time that we would go overs because I thought that, you know, with the new rules, it's difficult to defend. I think that there will be much more focus on defence by both teams this this time. So I've gone unders for 45 and a half. And Valentine Holmes up there, he's back on the wing from all reports. Surely he scores a try. So uh, what have I got and who have I got it with? Look, we punched in the numbers, $6.47 at Ladbrokes. I reckon this is a bit – I reckon you're, you're well on track here. I Look, game one being that high scoring was an anomaly throughout the history of origin. Cannot see Queensland being that poor two games in a row, especially going to Suncorp Stadium with the game on the line. It'll, it'll be a lower scoring game and you've got to think, yeah, Holmes on the wing is just – you know, that is bread and butter type stuff. Um, look, I love it for $6.47. It's a good price. I think it's a really good price, Ian. Yep. So we'll move on to William now. William has – he's confident. He's confident here. So he's gone for New South Wales 13+, plus into James Tedesco, who's on one leg. He's anytime try scorer, Hoppy McHopperson, old James Tedesco. So – He's decided his hip's going to be all right. What will he get for this enormous bet? Uh, I can't believe how short this is. Now, $3.10 with sports bet. Just think about that. The Blues to win 13-plus. Now, that has that has happened at Suncorp on a handful of occasions, but doesn't. It, it's pretty rare. It did happen in 2017 in Game 1, uh, and then... You got to go all the way back to 2005, the last time it happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so when you yeah. say short, I mean, new, new, normally 13 plus in these games is a massive price. That's it's a normally, huge price. Yeah, yeah I, I think that tells you. I mean, the lopsided nature of game one has just blown this market apart, and you've seen like Queensland are four dollars with a 14 and a half point start. At Suncorp Stadium, at yeah, the it's unheard of. Like that's unheard of. Uh, and then you get three dollars ten for a New South Wales thirteen plus win, and James Tedesco to score a try at any time. That is super short. But Willie, you're onto something here, pal. I'm a bit iffy about New South Wales scoring thirteen, another thirteen plus win. But I tell you what, James Tedesco, he's scoring a try. I like it. That's. Do you know what? Like. I know bettingsite.com.au you go out and get all the best odds and, and, and it saves everyone having to do it. But, geez, that's skinny. That is skinny. All right, Super well, skinny. the producer, he's failed at AFL, he's failed at horses, and now he's choosing to fail at rugby league again. Uh, he's we back. Might, we might have to try and find a sport he knows something about. Badminton, maybe? Table tennis? Who knows? He's got no skill set. But he has gone uh, a half-time, full-time double of... Queensland at halftime and New South Wales at full time. Not bad, actually. Look, I know. Look, look. We hang a bit of you know what on the producer, but I, I, I do think this is in play. And at eight dollars with sports bet, a few a few folks probably should get on this because 
I know, like, the, the crappest word in sport is ambush. Like, you know, we all know what time the game starts. Uh, but you know Queensland are going to throw everything they have into that first 25 minutes yep. of the contest. There is a good chance they lead this game at half time, and it takes a half, and it takes the break, and the New South Wales guys to sort of just breathe a bit. Okay, we've we've taken on the onslaught, and then go on with it in the second half. I think it. I think I think it's worth a little investment, mate. Honestly, how is this bet with one bet at eight dollars, and then the other bet is three dollars ten? This is the it's wonderful incredible. world of gambling. Yeah, Harold? it's a, it's a it's a it's an upside down market for this one. It is. It's, who knows? Speaking of upside down markets, you have gone berserk here. Uh, you've had one win, and all of a sudden now you're throwing out fifteen anytime try scorers. You got walk us through it and tell us what you've got. Look, I've gone I've gone a little crazy again. Sportsbet being very good to us at bettingsite.com.au this week. They have given me a whopping price. Of $37.75. Dane Gagai, anytime try scorer. Tom Trebojevic and Latrell Mitchell, anytime try scorers. And New South Wales to win 1 to 12 points. I just don't think we've got another blowout for a state of origin game in us. I just, there's, there's 40 years of history of it being neck and neck. I just, 213 plus results would really upset the apple cart. I so just what's yeah. the what's the blowout in that one? So there's there's four bets in that. What what gives yep. you the value there? Is it the one to twelve? The one to twelve is three dollars sixty. Yeah, wow. So that's shorter than the thirteen plus and James Tedesco combined. Mm. I reckon three dollars sixty where the money is going yeah, and what the punters think. That's yeah. yeah. But amazing. you're getting two dollars eighty eight for Dane Gagai to score any time at Suncorp. And like Val Holmes, they score tries there for fun. Yeah, they do. He loves that he loves that joint. Yeah, that's uh do you know what? Of all the, we've been doing this now, this is episode number seventeen, as I've yeah. mentioned earlier today. Uh what I reckon of all the seventeen episodes, this is the most crazy up topsy turvy betting thing that we've seen in terms of the oh, without prices a doubt, Without a doubt. I, can't, I couldn't agree more. Uh, some of these markets don't make sense. So in game one, I got $9.50 for Tom Trebojevic to score a double. And he ended up getting a hat-trick, which was at $13. But I got him at nine fifty for the double. So yeah, well, pretty early well. on, happy days. You've, had, you've been going all right, Harry. $4.50. He's, so he's more than slashed his price by half for the second game. Might have to snip you here. It's hey? that's a. I'll follow you, Harry. I'd stop fail up in the horses, and I just cannot <laughs> cannot get anything together. All right, mate. Well, thank you once again. Um, the market, obviously, you know, look. You'd have to think that the betting agencies will go all right this weekend because there's nothing. There's no other sport. Well, no other rugby league anyway. So everything's going to throw into this one game. So mate, there will be millions pouring in for this one. Good luck to all the punters. Thanks again to bettingsite.com.au. Thank you, Harry. I hope, mate, this one gets up because it's a monster. And, hey, look, uh, a week ago we were able to bet right at betting site, so why not again? Why not again? We'll see you next week, pal. All right, we'll see you later, Ian. All right, Ian, back to you, mate. Doing a great job. Well done, Ian. Thanks very much. Uh, and always remember to gamble responsibly. It's very important. Very, very important, isn't it? 
An Elmo doll that wants to kill its owner. A kids TV show where the main character has a giant penis. Poop flavoured ice cream. A meme that destroyed someone's life. These are just a few of the hot button issues we tackle here on That Sucks. A podcast for your ears. I'm Troy Nabobon. And I'm Dan Cribb. And if you don't listen to That Sucks on a Handshake Agency Network, then you suck. Join us each fortnight as we unpack some of the biggest fails across pop culture and beyond, joined by the occasional special guest. Head over to thepodcasts.com.au to check out That Sucks Now. You can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever good podcasts are sold. All right, William, it's, uh, it's origin time. It is state against state, mate against mate. It's ready for... Origin number two, it's on Sunday night. What's with the Sunday night? What, what, what's... The way I can think of it is that it's just a money grab. It's all about ratings. There's no games this week. You know, there's only one standing alone, so they're probably trying to get that. They know it's in Brisbane, and that's, that's all I can think. It's just more ratings. It's better for the game, um, but probably not good if you go to work on Monday. Well, I mean, it's a Wednesday anyway. It's all right for you. Us poor working man, you just you can Every get on the drink whenever. Day. Every day is a weekend for you. Uh, all right, well, let's start with there has been a couple of changes in the teams. The New South Wales team, obviously, the changes have been brought upon by injury. The Queensland side, the changes have been brought upon by the fact that they got absolutely flogged in game one. So I guess the most – the New South Wales side makes sense – in terms of um, they're going to miss Jake Trebojevic, there's no question, but they'll just pump Junior Paulo up into the starting side and um, and Angus Crichton will probably come onto the bench. But the big talk in Queensland town is the addition of Reese Walsh. Um, and big shout-out to the Broncos recruitment manager who let him go in a player swap with no player too well done to the Brisbane Broncos. Um, no, he's he's, he's still got a job, but I'm actually in Brisbane, so they might can't help help me down, mate. I don't know. I don't know. I, so. I reckon he hides in his basement. He's if he sent him a fax. I think. <laughs> uh, I, look, I think that Reese Walsh. Um, it's an interesting choice. I, I I feel like it's a panic decision, as in Reese Walsh has played terrifically well for seven games for the Warriors. And all of a sudden now, you've put him in a mat, into a much a must-win game for Queensland. People are saying, oh, they've got nothing to lose. Well, they do. They've got a series to lose. So yeah. saying that they've got nothing to lose sort of misses the whole point of how important this game is. You said that. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, there's a lot of people saying, oh, they've got nothing to lose. Well, they do. They, I mean... Maybe if it was game three and it's a dead rubber. That's right. These young kids in. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Who said that? It's dumb people, shit. People say that, Will. Chris Walsh... I think he's he's a he's a very good player. He's a very highly skilled young kid, um, great kid, very mature kid. He's a family man. He's you know he's the future of the game. He is. He honestly is. He's going to be the face of the game. He's a beautiful looking kid. Look at him. Very like handsome. Him. He's got he's got everything going for him. He's a great player. He's a family man. He's got all the things that if I was the NRL, I'd be going. You know, you are the face of the game. You're the future face of the game. That's that's it. Does he deserve an origin spot right now? By default, maybe. What's But a succession plan could have been Val Holmes at fullback. You still pick Xavier Coach and you leave Phil. You maybe put him on the bench. You know what I mean? Like there, there was other ways around it. And I heard Gus, you know, say it's the timing of it. 
Like, we're, we're ready. The boys are ready to come up here and end the series. They're going to be kicking to that young kid and they're going to be running down. Gone are the days where fullbacks can, you know, there's six people running down and you can step through that. It's not the 90s and all that kind of stuff. In the early 2000s, 11 people minimum on a kick chase. High ball, Tom Trebojevic, um, Latrell. If he runs on that left side of the field, Tarek Sims, right side of the field, there's going to be Angus Crichton, there's going to be Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo. The middle's all run there, and it's going to be going straight to that kid. And they're going to be, and Cleary's kicking game is on point. He's going to be kicking. You'll be finding the grass because people don't understand. When they catch it on the full, they get those extra meters. You find the grass, and it makes, and it, the, a bounce will give that, will give the, the kick chase an extra five meters to close it in. So it'll be fine in the grass all the time. And it'll be going directly to him. And he's going to be under the pump. I hope to God the kid plays good. I love the kid. I think he's a great kid, level headed kid. He will, he is the future of the game. But the timing is wrong. So explain if you're if you're sitting in a team meeting, right, and you've got Reese Walsh who is what he's eighteen years old. Is the team meeting, and they will say, "Oh, we're not going to target him. We don't care. He's playing." In a team meeting, one hundred percent, they are sitting there going, "We are going to absolutely target this kid and try and destroy him." Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. You can't sugarcoat it. Because that's what Origin's all about. Origin's all about that. You know, if, if, you're, if he's good enough, he's playing. Obviously, they're picking him, and that's it. End of story. Whatever happens on the field, it's going to be legal. There's all, all the grubby shit's out of the game. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to get head slammed. He's not going to be shoulder charged. He's not going to be doing that. But he's going to get hit three times. One's going to grab the ball. One's hitting his ribs. One's picking a leg up, and they're going to pick him up and drive him back 10 metres. The kid's 90. The kid's not even 90 kilos. And they'll just hold him up so that – but that's what – hold the first one holds him up, yeah. If he tries to find his front, they're going to get in front. This is what we practice. That's what they practice at training with wrestling. They put it in front. Good luck trying to find gaps when there's about eight people Coming right in front of you. Yeah. And they're big boys and everyone's going to do that. That's their job. You know, if, if, if you're going to pick this kid, you're throwing him to the wolves. New South Wales are a bunch of dogs. D-A-W-G-S. You know what I'm saying? They, they're going to come out and they're going to come at him. We want to, They want to end the series right now. They're going to come out and go, so let's just get this kid. That was... You know what I mean? They're going to pick him up. They're going to drive him. And if he wants to step into a bloke like Tarek Sims or Cam Murray or any of those middles, he's going to get hit. And the kid's tough enough. But, I mean, I just think it's probably a little bit too early. As I said, oh, they've got nothing to lose. Yeah, you're going to lose the series. And if they lost the series, then you try and bloody me. Queensland, Queensland pride themselves on pick and stick, right? So they pick a side. I, I look at Xavier Coates. Now, Xavier Coates is he, – he probably didn't have the best game in, in, in the first origin, but how do you defend that? Like, it's not just his fault. If his centre's coming in and leaving him, unex, like, leaving him exposed, it's not – the defensive mishaps aren't all the wingers' fault. That's what people need to understand. The winger gets isolated. It's mostly – the centre's fault, right? So this is a kid. It's usually the halfback's fault. Yeah. Or the, the halfback at 5A because they make a wrong decision all the time because they shit themselves because the back rowers run such good lines. You've got to get, try and get Tarek Sims. You've got to get Cam Murray. So they shit themselves because they run such great lines there. And then the halfback always comes in. So the centre comes in. So the winger gets stuck in no man's land. You know, so he's going to follow each other. They're going to follow. If up and in, everybody follows each other. Xavier Coach is one of the best young kids in the game. Look at that tackle he made on 
you know, it, you know the effort that he puts in. That's but it's an effort play. But I mean, like, I don't think I honestly thought that he was going to be in the side. I'm glad he's not in the side because the kid's the X factor. Yeah, he's got a lot going for him. He played way better than Phil. Hey, what are you What are you going to do when like Latrell? You had Latrell out there, and you got Toto on the other side. You've got Fox, and you got Turbo. You know what I mean? Like they schooled those blokes, man. They schooled them out, boys. I think I think this is one of the best back lines I've ever seen New South Wales have. We didn't have those two. We didn't have Turbo last year. We didn't have Latrell last year. And that was the difference. Our outside backs last year were disappointing. The centers were disappointing. You know you, what I mean? They let the, you know, they Cakewell school you. You reckon? I mean, you, you you're big on balance, and we talk about balance in sides. And if you look at the Queensland side now. The real changes that they've made, one's due to injury, obviously with Harry Grant not making the side. They've brought in McCulloch. Now, McCulloch will do his job. There's no questions. Papali, he's come in, and they've interestingly, I guess, put Fafita back to the bench, um, which I don't know whether that was in response to him having a quiet game or if they think he's going to have more impact coming off the bench. What do you reckon there? I honestly think they're just going to put him in the middle. David Fafita is one of the most destructive ball player, ball runners ever to play the game. Yeah. And he's only played probably 30 or 40 games, not even that. He needs the ball in the middle. He needs to start running at those big boys. He didn't touch the ball for like 13 or 14 minutes in game one. Mm. Got, you're not sitting on an edge in, a, in your club game waiting for the, waiting for the perfect ball because it doesn't happen as a back row. You need to be in there taking that ball off the ruck or off the seven. You're not waiting for that beautiful ball to come and get you and they're going to square up the middle and all that kind of stuff and hit a hole. doesn't happen in origin. So he's probably got a bit of a rocket going on. You're going to put, get put back to the bench. You're going to go on at long. You're going to go on in the middle. Tough it out. We want you to get the ball and run in the middle and, and both sides of the ruck. Instead of putting him on a left edge, you can't do that to that kid. He's too talented. He needs to get the ball 15 to 20 times in an origin. He's still making great meters in that all the time at the times because he gets the lion's share of the ball. You know what I mean? He gets the ball. He gets about 14 hits 15 times. You know, 14 to 15 times he gets the ball. So he does that job. And it's like, I think they've got a very well-balanced pack. I'm not writing Queensland off because you've got Papali, you got Welsh. Welsh pretty much didn't play that game once. So yeah, what that's right. you got Welsh, got knocked out in the first 15 minutes. He does those nitty-gritty things that no one wants to do that at the Melbourne thing, that people that Melbourne people do. He does. He finds his front all the time when he plays the ball. He wrestles. He wrestles good. He hits good. People are always on their back, so he wins the ruck all the time. He went off. They put Fodawaker on, and then you got Papa. You got you got uh, Big Tino and Fodawaker. They're pretty much rookies. Yeah. What are they supposed to do? You know. And then like Jai Arrow was there. You know. Everyone was a little bit off their game. Now you got Kafusi. He's one of the best defenders on that right edge. He had a poor game last time. They all had poor games. I'm not writing Queensland off. I just want to. I want us to sweep them because I'm just sick of getting beat. I think if you... They have picked a side. They've they've picked a side that can do the job. Trust me. I reckon one of the the best things for Queensland in terms of the balance of their side was probably AJ Brimson getting injured because I think Ben Hunt can bring more to that side. Ben Hunt's in really good form at the moment. I don't know. People aren't probably watching Dragons games. He had a blinder last week. And um, he, he... Yeah, I know you watched it, but... I think Ben Hunt can really add a bit. I don't know. I look at this side. I don't know what they can change, though. I don't think they need to make massive changes in terms of the way they played. They got blown off the park, and that was probably they couldn't drag themselves out of it. If they start better, though. This is what happens. This, is what, this, is, this will be their game plan. It's not about controlling 
Junior Paulo, Daniel Saifidi, all those sort of guys. It's about controlling Turbo, Teddy, Luttrell, Toto, Fox, pouring through your ruck. That first set of six, in origin, traditionally you do not get over that 40-metre line. They got over the 40-metre line in three, in three, in three, um, three attempts. They had Saifidi, I think they had Trebojevic, and then they had uh, Luttrell, Teddy, Trebojevic again, kick. You know what I mean? They got that, and that's what we did. They rely, they're relying on our big boys, New South Wales, to get us out of yardage. Then we get down there. The boys are on the kick chase. They're fresh as hell. They get down there, all the middles, because they don't have to do much work coming out of yardage. They probably take that fourth hit up. If it's, on the, if it's on the left side of the post, you've probably got your left side back rower taking that hit up, or maybe um, usually the front row is split a little bit. One might take the, the right side of the field. One might take the left. So you'd have like a side feeding, jamming into the ruck, then you get to your kick. So everybody's fresh. So everyone was quite fresh with the New South Wales team. So I watched the game. I watched it very carefully. I know how the middles were working. They got a lot. They weren't gassed at all. Now, our boys weren't gassed. So all they need to do, if you're, Queen, if you're Queensland, you're like, we need to stop turbo when they come in. So when they kick good and then Teddy brings the ball back, you've got to stop him first. And then if, they, if he goes to the left side of the field, you've got to stop Latrell. You've got to stop Toto. You know what I mean? And then you can stop, stop Tarek Sims. And then it might go to the middle of the field. And then you've got to stop Junior Paulo. And then you get to the kick. They had no kick pressure. And that's what Christian Welsh does so well. So no one was putting any kick pressure on, on Cleary. He had about five, six, five seconds to kick the ball, which was unbelievable. Usually you've got about two seconds to get that ball out. Two seconds to get marker, bang, get at him. That's what Welsh does good. Papali does it good. But they got in such a rhythm and Queensland couldn't break it. They were doing so many things, so many things that were right. But you've got to stop New South Wales' back five. It was like when I was playing against Queensland, we could not stop their back five. Israel Folau, Greg Inglis, Justin Hodges, do you know what I mean? Darren Lockyer, Darius Boy, I don't know, Billy Slater, all these guys, they were coming out of yardage good. It give, it give guys like Price in that all that time to sort of, you know, to try and just chill. Explain to me, Will, in a, in a, at that level, when a game, when the momentum is so heavily in favour of one team, there's someone coming in trying to use a fax machine in the background too, Will. But if there's someone who, if one team has so much momentum, what can you do to pull yourselves out of it? Like, is it is it really difficult when a side that is that good at origin has that momentum? How do you stop it? Did New South Wales just get to a point where were Queensland that bad or was it just New South Wales got on a roll that they couldn't stop? Queensland were pretty bad. They didn't control the ruck. They honestly didn't control the ruck and, and they, lo- they lost it. You know what I mean? Like, and it happened from the first set to the last set. They had no ascendancy during the, in the ruck and they've got a big job. Queensland have such a massive job ahead of them. They're middles because it's not about stopping Junior Paulo and Daniel Saifidi because Welsh and Papali can do a job on those blokes. It's when you when you got the outside backs coming in, and then that makes Damien Cook run, who's the most dangerous ball runner in the game. Do you know what I mean? You can't stop him. So like you, you might be able to stop Junior Paulo and Saifidi and all these sort of blokes, but you can't stop Trebojevic and Teddy and all that. So they need to really stop the middle. And if they don't stop the bleeding, it will never stop. I'll tell you what I think will be sort of – one thing that Queensland lacked in that first game was punch. They just didn't have the same level of... They weren't bending the line in the forwards, obviously, but in their back line, I think both halves had a quiet game. I think Munster was underdone. I think Munster... If Munster can come out and do 
what he does in terms of running the ball and, and linking that sort of forward and outside back connection that he normally does. I think he holds so much to this side. He does, mate. He does. Like Munster's the king. Like he's one of the, look what he did to his game three. He terrorized us. You know what I mean? Like and then you had like you know, like DCE played some good football. Gagai killed it. Capewell killed it. You know what I mean? But it's all up to the middles. Do you know what I mean? Like and I think I think what is happening right now, what Jai Arrow did to Tedesco last year has really, really pissed off New South Wales. Do you know what I mean? Like, them not standing up for Teddy or not, like, actually giving it to Arrow. And that's just resonating. And that's gone through this whole camp now. They'll never, ever be the same. Yeah. Now they just, they just want to end it, what happened last year, sweeten Queensland because they were so embarrassed of what happened last year because we were better than them last year. We got our pants pulled down in that last game. It was crazy. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, we should have won that game. We got out coached and we got out enthused. And a couple of little things I said last year, you know, like – there's a couple of little things that I look at. You know, when, when he knocked Teddy out, picked him up, dragged, not one person was around. Have a look what happened with Luai. And he was like over the top of um, Felice Cafusi. And they're all blown up saying it's disrespectful. That's the one moment in the game. How is that disrespectful? That's one thing that I've never got. Like, origin. But of that's course origin. it is. And, and Jerome Luai, like if that's his first game, and he was probably copying, I mean, people that don't, think that there's a huge amount of talk between two teams on the football field and it's it doesn't mean anything it's not like these blokes hate each other it's just in the heat of the battle you say things and you're trying to get under your opponent's skin and Luai's the king of it you know he is just genuinely and I tell you what when when he ran on the field I looked at him and I thought this kid does not care he is not at all overawed by this thing footy's a game to him he just enjoys playing footy and if you can take that attitude into any level, whether it's park footy or whether it's NRL or whether it's... I hated that. And you know what? You can use that as bulletin board material and all that sort of shit. And someone, I don't know, like the old Queenslanders were like looking at it saying it was disrespectful. Who cares? The he old doesn't Queens- care. Aren't playing, yeah. but they're not playing. You know what I mean? Like if, if they actually really cared about it, Queensland, they would, have do, they would have done something about it. But what happened, he was just passionate. And he did, and, but I hated how it's just that one picture and they think that he was disrespectful. Do you know, man, the amount of disrespectful shit that happens in an orange, Origin game is unbelievable. But it was a great photo. He probably had that on his wall when he's retired. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was a great moment. He's like, you know what? And they were bagging him saying, you're not ready. You are, you know, you're over. They were saying some real nasty shit to him. Yeah. And he gets in a position there and he's like, bang, that's just one moment. I'll and tell I, you, I, I'll tell you what I found. Like, if I'm Queensland, I'm not looking that photo and saying that's disrespectful because... At the end of the day, it's as we said, it's 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 that's something where he won a moment and he was celebrating that moment. And, and games are about moments. They had a thing in the paper today about what would the New South Wales twenty twenty six Origin side look like. Like, let's win the series first. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm Queensland, that's the sort of stuff that I'm. Nothing that the players are doing, but the Wait, media. What was it in? Like Fox Sports or something? Yeah, it was on. I think it was in the telly or something. I don't they know. Are, they're pretty much like a gossip column. Yeah, it's just a gossip column. Like remember they used to report about the actual game. You know, it's like a little budget. It's, it's like the Daily Mail. That's what they've turned into. It's clickbait and bullshit. I don't know. I don't. I don't look at the shit. I don't care. Yeah, you know, I know. Lou like, had, had a great moment, and he killed that game. And he should be proud. And it was awesome. You know, like this, like Queensland. 
players are not looking at that moment going, we're going to kill everyone. Good luck. So if this is a blowout, Will, like if, if New South you've picked New South Wales to win by 13-plus, if New South Wales do win by 13-plus, will we start hearing the Origins dying again? Yeah, we will. Because, you know, you look at... You look at um, Every single time there's there's a couple of series wins in a row, the concept, oh, New South Wales got a young side, they're going to win for the next it 10 years. It happened when I was playing. It happened when I was playing. You know, when we were on the verge of winning four in a row in 2006 and then all the greats were like, oh, my God, Origin's dead, Origin's dead. And then they end up winning, you know, a ridiculous amount of series, which was great, whatever. But no one, no one from New South Wales was saying it was dead. The game probably got more popular. Yeah. I reckon, because people just want to see the... The underdogs win, you know. Like New South Wales, we've we've, we've bled some players through, and we and that's we're, we're seeing it right now. You know what I mean? Like everybody has their moments. You know what I mean? Like Queensland had a, one of the greatest eras in rugby league history, and we accept that. We love it. I loved it. I played against those guys. I'm like, you know what? They were the best. One of the best teams in sports history. Fair play. Good on them. I don't. I don't think. I don't hold anything against it. It's it's our turn now. I don't think that people people don't quite understand that as soon as you got dropped from Origin when you got injured, it corresponded with Queensland winning twenty seven series in a row. So basically, William, your injury is the only reason that Queensland won so many games. And I won't I, hear anything. That's what I thought. That's what I think too. Uh all right. Well, looking at looking at the game itself, um, you've tipped New South Wales to win by thirteen plus again. Are you saying that because you think Queensland will be as bad again, or do you just think New South Wales, no matter what Queensland do, New South Wales just win by that much? Yeah, I just think I just don't think we'll let this slip because what happened last year, we let it slip. We let game one split um, slip. We got game two. And then game three, we let that slip because we like on paper we were better. We just we they got they outplayed us. I just don't think our our mentality this year, we're not going to let it slip. We won't. I mean, I think it's obviously game two. They want the, the powers that be always want game three. They don't want a dead rubber. They no. wanted to. It was great for the ratings and all that sort of shit. I do not give a shit about the ratings. I want to sweep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, don't be don't be surprised if someone gets sent for ten for a bullshit thing for, for, from for New South Wales. I reckon that's on the cards big time. Well, we haven't got we haven't got a we haven't got a headline yeah. this week. Can I bet on that? On that? You, you bet on what? Can I bet on someone getting sent for ten? Because I bet someone does from New South that Wales. That is one dollar zero 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 one. Because someone's one hundred percent getting sin bin. They get sin bin everywhere. From New South Wales, not Queensland. No, that's right. Queensland. Look, Queensland, I think, if the, the powers that be would obviously prefer this game to go to. I don't think New South Wales care. I think New South Wales come out. I think they win this well. I don't know if they're going to win it by as much. Um, I would like to believe, part of me wants to believe in that Queensland spirit. Part of me wants to listen to Greggy and listen to the, Nate Miles and, and, and blokes that I know quite well that have said to me there's this special, you know, bond. And let me tell you, if, if Queensland... It exists... It's going to happen. Well, that's right. It has to happen this Sunday. Otherwise, I won't ever hear about Queensland spirit again. Uh, we don't have a headline this week, Will, but I would like to ask you, um, 
what was the biggest origin loss that you copped and how did your team recover? So if you're Queensland now, what were your team saying after you got pumped? Did you get pumped? I think you did. Oh, not by that much. Never 50. It was probably like 36 to 16 or something like that, you know, like it's pretty even. Then the last sort of 20 minutes, they ran away with it. You know, a couple of late tries just to really drive it in, especially at the Suncorp. Most of, most, of, most of the games that I lost were at Suncorp. You just forget about it. You do. So, like, Origin 2 is such a different game burner. Yep. And that's why I'm not doubting Queensland at all that they're going to come out and just give it their best shot and they could possibly win. I just don't think our boys will let it slide. They're going to go. They're going to, they've got their, their foot's on the throat. Got to press hard, right down on their throat, really hard, because these guys aren't going to go. They're not going to go down without a massive swing. And this is, oh, they've got everything to lose. Whoever said that is an idiot. Plenty of idiots out there. There yeah, are plenty of idiots. All right, well, William, that uh, thank you for. It's weird you not being here. I've got your doll, so I'm sitting here with your cross-eyed doll. It's nowhere near. Why does the photo of the doll not look like the doll? Here you go. Look at that. Can you see it? There it is. He's looking at you. Uh, Anyway, uh, for those who have tuned in, we would love for you to rate and review. We're going to be – actually, we're going to be on Twitter. We'll be doing – are you going to be able to Twitter from the origin? Game. I'll live tweet, tweet the game. I'll be at yeah. home because I've got no life and we're all locked down now anyway. We'll go to game three. We'll go to game three and we'll live tweet that. Yeah, but for now we're gonna we're gonna live tweet game two. William, thank you for joining us from the basement with the fax machine. That's excellent. Uh, please just want to thank all you guys back there for setting all this kind of stuff up. It took me ages to set this up. Thank you for Rennie for setting it, setting it up. But, yeah, I wish I was in studio with you blokes. I miss you already. But thank you and have a blessed night. Have a good one. Have a couple more young Henrys. Thank you, betting site. Thank you, everybody. And I'm out. Well done. That was good. I don't have to do anything now. So I'm just going to stop. Make sure you comment, all that kind of stuff. We love that kind of stuff. It's all good. You should do this every week. You're better out than I am. No, I'm not. You're the best. (laughs) Love you. Love you too, mate. Cheers. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 